You're listening to DraftKings Network. It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now! On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast, the show that's so nice. We do it twice. This is episode two, so make sure you download or watch episode one if you haven't already. We already went through a lot of games, seven games, I'd say. We'll get to the rest of them right here. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL on social. He's at FG underscore Dolan, the great Joe Dolan. Joe, we got to pick up where we left off with that Broncos-Dolphins game. Thoughts on the Dolphins side of things? I love talking about the Dolphins, Ross, because they're the same team every week. You kind of just have to play their guys. Now, they chose to play against the Patriots differently than they chose to play against the Chargers in Week 1. They threw it all around the yard in Week 1. The Patriots were running some uh, some tricky coverages against the Dolphins, much like Bill Belichick ran against Jalen Hurts in Week 1 to take away the explosive plays in the passing game. Um, so you play your guys. You play Tyreek Hill. Jalen Waddle, though, he's in the concussion protocol, so there's something to watch. And then I think Raheem Mostert, you see what his ceiling game looks like, 120 yards and two touchdowns. I think you just kind of got to play him as, a, as an RB2. And, and in the event that one of these games happens, you have him in your lineup. Ride him while he's healthy. What about the Chargers and the Vikings? This is, Joe, one of these teams is going to be 0-3 after this yeah, game. The, 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 old, uh, pro wrestling, uh, the old pro wrestling gimmick, the loser leaves town match. This is, a, this is going to be maybe the game that I'm going to have my uh, eyes on the most in, in, in the 1 p.m. window. Because one of these teams is going to 0-3, and there also should be an absolute cornucopia of fantasy production. Um the Minnesota Vikings here, number one, they remain that kind of narrow fantasy team, Ross, with the exception that K.J. Osborne's actually running more routes than Jordan Addison is. But I'm just kind of playing the guys that are here. Jefferson, Addison, Hawkinson, the, the Kirky's three sons. He's got a fourth son in Alexander Madison. Um, but that's the question I have in, in Minnesota. Their run game has been completely ineffective. It's not like Ty Chandler's done anything on the ground either, but I wonder if they give him a little bit more work because Alexander Madison is struggling. And and I'm not going to soapbox this too much because we don't have the time for it. Guys, don't tweet it at, at players, especially using the language people used with Alexander Madison, which is disgusting. But even if you're not using that kind of awful language, they don't care about your fantasy team. They know they didn't have a good game. Shut up. Go, come tweet at me. Vent to me. I'll be all right with that. Um, Chargers, Joe? So, with the Chargers, Minnesota chose to get paper-cutted to death by the Eagles last week. And Brian Flores ran a lot of the coverages that Jalen Hurts saw in Week 1 against the Patriots, and Flores did not show any of those coverages in Week 1, so he chose to play that way against the Eagles. I wonder if they're going to try to take away some of the Chargers explosives in the passing game, in which case, I know Joshua Kelly flopped against the uh, 
against the Titans' really good run defense last week. But in the event he's pressed into action again because Austin Eckler is questionable uh, with the ankle injury, I wonder if this is a bounce-back spot for Joshua Kelly. Of course, it's not if Austin Eckler plays, but I do wonder if this could be a bounce-back spot for Joshua Kelly. Otherwise, for the, for the Chargers, you play Keenan Allen, you play Mike Williams, and you play Justin Herbert. The rookie receiver, Quentin Johnston, has run fewer routes than Joshua Palmer so far. Wow, that's interesting. Uh, Patriots and Jets, Joe. So this one could be an absolute slog. Um, Bill Belichick is probably foaming at the mouth thinking of coming after Zach Wilson with his Patriots team 0-2. I would not want to be Zach Wilson facing these Patriots with um, the Patriots at 0-2 and their season on on the line. Now, as most surmise would happen, Ross, of course, the Jets got plastered in Dallas. Um, What most didn't expect, and least of all Brees Hall expected, was their lack of commitment to running the ball. Brees Hall got just four carries for nine yards. Now, Robert Sal has been adamant. Brees Hall is going to get, uh, uh, he's going to be on a pitch count. But Brees Hall came to Zach Wilson's defense after that game, and he said the reason the Jets' offense struggled was because, quote, he only got four touches. If the Jets truly have designs on Zach Wilson being their quarterback, Ross, deluded though those thoughts may be, they're going to have to take the training wheels off the run game sooner rather than later, and the numbers suggest that this is a good matchup in which to do it. The Patriots have allowed a league-high, per Fantasy Points data, 2.73 adjusted yards before contact per attempt on the ground this year. Raheem Mostert absolutely crushed them last week, and they might have gotten crushed in week one had the Eagles had their heads out of their buttholes and used DeAndre Swift instead of Kenny Gainwell. I think this is a good week for Brees Hall. What about the Patriots offensively? So, start Hunter Henry. You know, I know they're 0-2, but Bill Bill O'Brien has actually, you know, been smart. He's used Hunter Henry. He's been Mac Jones' favorite target since Mac Jones got into the NFL. Hunter Henry's the number two tight end in fantasy football right now. Start him. And you start Ramondre Stevenson. I'm not... I'm not really plussed by any of these other receiving options, though. Well, here's what I say about your fantasy. If you're feeling good about your fantasy draft picks but not sure what to eat, make it easy on yourself. Order in on DoorDash. Now you can root for your squad while your food and drinks are on the way. Yeah, that means burgers, chips, dips, soda, pizza, wings, and so much more delivered straight to your door. Joe, let's talk the Buffalo Bills, who got back on track and ran the ball very well. Against Sam Howell and the Commanders, two and O Commanders. Sam Sling and Sammy was out there uh, making some. How about that touchdown throw to McLaurin? That thing was a seed. really, really impressive. <laughs> An really absolute good. seed by uh, Sam Howell. You know, Sam Howell's fun. You know, uh, we we I, I used to call um, Taylor Heineke HB Heineke because. He would throw hospital balls, and then he sounded like an oil tycoon, so hospital ball Heineke. Sam Howell kind of does the same thing, except he actually has talent. Um, so it's one, it's a really interesting scenario in Washington. Um, the problem for Washington, though, at, from a fantasy perspective, is how much they're mixing the ball around. Uh, I think 10 different commanders caught a pass in that game. Nobody had more than six targets. So... Late in, the, late in the process, there's always a player late in the process of, of draft season where I'm like, I don't have enough of that guy. And that guy for me was Jahan Dotson for the Commanders because he was getting all this camp hype. Through two weeks, the Commanders are really just mixing the ball around. Dotson just three for 22 uh, in that game against the, the, the 
Broncos, despite the fact that Hal threw for 299 on 39 pass attempts. So they're mixing the ball around. The one thing the Commanders are not doing is mixing the ball around on the ground. Brian Robinson is their bell cow. He had 18 carries, scored two touchdowns. He also added two receptions for 42 yards, and he had a receiving touchdown in week one. So Brian Robinson has kind of developed into a weekly RB2 start here for the Commanders, though this is a tough matchup against the Bills. What about the Bills on offense? They ran it. Cook. So so I'm going to talk about James Cook, but number one, Gabe Davis looks healthy. And while I think he's a wide receiver three for fantasy purposes because of how low his floor is, as we saw in week one with just two catches, that was a tough matchup against the Jets, by the way. His ceiling is so much higher than some of these other wide receiver three options you could be putting out there. He put up over 20 fantasy points last week, and I don't think this is a particularly restrictive matchup against the Commanders. But let's talk James Cook. The Bills' offensive line is opening holes at uh, the fourth-best adjusted yards before contact per attempt rate per fantasy points data. The Commanders are good defensively, but James Cook just has a gear that the Bills have not had at running back in the Josh Allen era. He's averaged 6.2 yards per touch in his career. He put up 123 yards on the ground and 36 yards receiving against the Raiders. That yardage efficiency, though, isn't going to be... a enough for him to hit the highest end outcomes because he's not scoring touchdowns. And eventually he's going to have to score a longer touchdown because he's played just four of the Bills' 18 offensive snaps inside the opponent's 10-yard line and just two of 11 snaps inside the opponent's 5-yard line. Nonetheless, he's averaging 2.48 yards before contact, which is sixth most in the NFL, and 3.34 yards after contact, which is 11th most in the NFL. It's turned him into a virtually every week starter for fantasy, but there are going to be some games where he doesn't touch the ball that much, and in those weeks, the lack of touchdown upside is really going to hurt you. What about Carolina at Seattle? Oh, do we have to? Carolina, oh boy. Um, Carolina's receivers are just not very good. Um, Adam Thielen can't run anymore. Um he scored, though. Yay. I mean, nine targets. Yay. You could start him as a wide receiver three, maybe. Um, but Carolina's offense is a tough watch for me, and they really need DJ Chark to get back and get back, like, 100% healthy because they have no other speed out there. Um, it, it's 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 tough for Bryce Young right now. Um, this is not a team that I'm particularly interested in from a fantasy perspective. Miles Sanders is getting a bell cow workload. They're just not going to score a ton of points, which is the big concern here for Carolina. What about Seattle? Geno Smith, that, that looked much better. Yeah, I thought Geno was awesome in that game. Ken Walker was doing Ken Walker things where, you know, he's he's one of those backs. He's the, he's the anti-Leroy Horde. If you, Leroy Horde was, if you, need, if you need three yards, I'll get you four. If you need five yards, I'll get you four. Um, Ken Walker is one of those guys who, if three yards are blocked for him, he might get 30 or he might lose five. He's that kind of freestyling running back, and you've got to live with that because of how huge his upside is. But look, Geno Smith played an exceptional game. Um, Carolina's got a good defense, but you kind of just got to start DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett every week. Now keep an eye on DK's status because he did leave last week briefly with a rib injury, did come back into the game. We'll see if um, – I'm sure he'll be on the injury report this week. So keep an eye on on, on DK Metcalf's status. 
Keep an eye on Labatt Blue Light. That's what I'll be doing this weekend. It's delicious. Drink it with friends, family. Live life to the power of we. Always enjoy it responsibly like I do. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Joe, we move on to the Dallas Cowboys at the Arizona Cardinals. Not, it's another matchup where the Dallas Cowboys defense should be able to really get after it. Like, obviously, they had the Giants in week one with their bad offensive line. They had the Jets and Zach Wilson in week two. And now they have Josh Dobbs, who's actually playing pretty good out there. Like, I mean, he's he's a guy who looks like a, a backup quarterback I'd want to have on my team. He's competitive. He's smart. He can move. Um, just not the proper matchup for, for Josh Dobbs. The one thing I will say about the Cardinals and Dobbs, he's throwing it to their good players. Marquise Brown, 10 targets. Zach, Zach Ertz, 8 targets. Zach Ertz is a thing right now. He, he's going to get 8 targets a week. He might get 14 yards with those 8 targets, but he's getting the targets. And that's important at the tight end position. And James Conner continues to just rack up usable running back weeks in the backfield. He ran for over 100 yards and a touchdown against the, uh, against the Giants last week. Now, of course you have to downgrade this entire offense against Dallas's defense. So keep that in mind. As for Dallas, it was good to see Dak Prescott come out and play well because he didn't have to do anything in week one. It is a awful sign for Michael Gallup that Dak Prescott throws 38 passes against the Jets. Brandon Cooks isn't in the game because he's injured. Michael Gallup has three receiving yards in that game. I don't know what kind of league you're in where Michael Gallup is on your roster. I guess in Dynasty you hold him. Every other league he's a droppable asset. C.D. Lamb is looking like one of the best receivers in football. The question becomes, how many games do the Cowboys have where they do throw the ball 38 times? It wasn't a shootout against the Jets by any stretch of the imagination, but the Cowboys had the ball for 42 minutes because the Jets couldn't pick up a first down. That's not going to happen every week. It just might, though, this week against the Cardinals. We're talking Bears and Chiefs because we have to, Joe. We have to talk about the Bears. Uh, Everybody, I I think the most popular topic on football Twitter, fantasy Twitter, whatever Twitter, might be the most popular topic on politics Twitter, Bitcoin Twitter. What's wrong with Justin Fields? Well, number one, at at some point you you need to apply Occam's razor to this situation. And I have long gotten past the part, the, the point of applying Occam's razor to this situation. The simplest answer is the correct one. Justin Fields isn't very good. He's a bad quarterback. But I can also acknowledge that what the Bears are doing is not going to help him succeed in any way whatsoever. Four runs for three yards for Justin Fields? Really? The guy's the best runner at the quarterback position I've seen since Michael Vick. You know, Michael Vick was a far better passer. But come on, Luke Getze, like this, this is not, and I would anticipate this week against the Chiefs, look, you might have drafted Justin Fields, and if you drafted Justin Fields, he might have been your only quarterback, because you're like, well, the guy's going to run for a thousand yards, so I don't need another quarterback. I think this week against the Chiefs, the Bears are going to get back to some of that military academy, designed run, RPO, zone read, all that stuff. I would, I would be absolutely floored, Ross, if Justin Fields does not have 10-plus rush attempts against the Chiefs this week. Floored. And if he has 10-plus rush attempts, he doesn't even need to play well 
to put it up for fantasy. And at this point, it's pretty obvious Justin Fields is not going to play well. But he's eating so many sacks, his confidence is shot, they're going to run him like the Dickens against the Kansas City Chiefs. That is my call. If they don't, I have no idea what's wrong. But uh, but I will say this, that backfield is unusable for fantasy right now. They're not running enough plays. Um, hopefully the pass attempts come down and the run attempts go up for Justin Fields. And that's going to create another problem because there are DJ Moore is already, I'm, I'm not trying to say he's, he's causing a problem, but like he's out, he's literally out there clapping because he's open. Well, he's not going to get a lot of targets because the, the bears are going to have to change how they play offensively. And they're going to have to do it this week against the chiefs. If they, if, if he's dropping back this chiefs defense, which has been excellent, through two weeks is going to eat him alive. What about the Chiefs' offense, Joe? Um, they're still not back to where I think they they would need to be. Of course, we grade the Kansas City Chiefs on a curve. Um, Pacheco is looking pretty good on the ground. Um, he still has, he needs to score touchdowns eventually. Obviously, Kelsey's back, and you start him. I'm not there yet where i'm like oh there's sky Moore. you know he had the big game at the end of the um the the jaguars game that kind of ended up sealing the game because of the the long game 54 yards late in that game he ran a good route on his touchdown reception though right now i'm still skeptical because of how big a goose egg he laid in week one but sky Moore is a bench hold for me in the event he gets more confidence and more snaps going forward let's move on to the Steelers and the Raiders, something's wrong with the Steelers' oh. offense, Joe. It just doesn't look right. I don't know why they don't just get the ball to Pickens and Jalen Warren more often, please. Oh, Ross. Uh, you heard, the, you heard the, the crowd at the end of that game, didn't you? Uh, What's there, that? You heard the crowd there at Heinz Field at the end of that game, didn't you? Fire Canada. Fire. Um. You never want your fan base to know the name of the offensive coordinator enough that they can chant it in the stadium because there's never a good chant for an offensive coordinator in the stadium. Uh, Kenny Pickett has been abominable through two weeks. Absolutely abominable. Um, Two good defenses. That's the noteworthy part because this is a Raider defense where they should be able to – I don't want to say name their score. This Steelers defense can't name their the offense can't name their score. They couldn't name their score against Pitt. Um, but I think they should be able to get if they look like crap this week, it is time to sound all the alarms. They have played two good defenses to start the season. Not two great matchups. Um Najee Harris has looked better on the ground than I, I anticipated. The problem is he just does not have the second gear that Jalen Warren has. Jalen Warren, both Najee Harris and Jalen Warren are like meh flexes right now for me. But this is, again, a better matchup against the Raiders. At the very least, Kenny Pickett threw, threw 30 passes in that game against the Browns. Ten of the t- ten targets went to George Pickens, who is a really good receiver. I just don't trust this offense right now. You know what I do trust, Joe? HubSpot. We're in the fourth quarter of this show. And in football, the fourth quarter is where the magic happens. It's where games are won, where champions are made. And in business, it's where sales teams become legends. That's why HubSpot built Sales Hub, to give sales reps the deal-making tools they need 
to win their Q4. Sales Hub's prospecting workspace organizes your schedule, goals, and to-do list in one place to save your team precious fourth quarter time. And smart sequences help sales reps close deals faster than ever. So get ready to dominate Q4 with Sales Hub. Learn more at HubSpot.com slash sales. Joe, let's talk about the Raiders on offense. We talked about the defense. What about them offensively? Well, keep an eye on uh, Devontae Adams and Jacoby Myers. Myers is in the concussion protocol. Uh, Devontae Adams was checked for a concussion late in that game last week after a, after a uh, I thought it was a bad hit um, in that game against the Bills. Um, here is the problem. Josh Jacobs, the NFL's leading rusher last year, 1.7 yards per carry. And that's not his fault. The Raiders line has given him virtually zero chance. They've uh, they've performed to the worst level in, in terms of adjusted yards before contact per attempt in the NFL. Jacobs has been getting contacted behind the line of scrimmage on his runs on average 0.2 yards behind the line of scrimmage near and nearly two yards per run in week two against Buffalo. Tough sledding for Josh Jacobs. He's getting a bell cow workload, but that offensive line has not opened any holes whatsoever in the run game. We've got some Monday night games, Joe, two of them, and one team that has opened holes in the running game, the Philadelphia Eagles. They play the Bucks. DeAndre Swift coming off that huge game. Yeah, massive game. And I would anticipate, uh, look, he can't get 28 carries every week. We know what will happen to DeAndre Swift if he gets 28 carries every week. I'm really interested to see what the split here will be for the Eagles if and when Kenny Gainwell's back. Do they work in Rashad Penny or Boston Scott a little bit more? Scott's in the concussion protocol. One thing I want to mention about this game for the Eagles. Nick Sirianni, notorious squeaky wheel greaser. He did it last week with DeAndre Swift. Last season, Devontae Smith had zero catches in week one. Immediately started getting peppered with targets in week two. They're going to grease the squeaky wheel. A.J. Brown wanted the ball more. He's going to get it in this game against Tampa Bay, who has some injuries in the secondary, most notably Carlton Davis. What about the Bucks on yeah. offense, Joe? Tell you what, man. Baker's playing pretty good. Like, he's out there. He's slinging the ball around. And he's getting the ball to their good players. That's all we ask for. Mike Evans, eight targets. Chris Godwin, eight targets. Kate Otten, by the way, is a usable fantasy tight end. He got six targets. Rashad White, five targets in the backfield. It, the, the, Rashad White played the game you drafted him to play um, in week two against the Bears. He had 22 opportunities and over 100 yards from scrimmage with a touchdown. Unfortunately for Rashad White, the Eagles have had one of the best run defenses in the NFL thus far. Jordan Davis looks like he's leveling up, and Jalen Carter is probably the early favorite for defensive rookie of the year. I can't believe, by the way, Baker's the least sacked quarterback in the NFL so far. That new uh, offense under Dave can I actually talked to Tristan Wirfs this week. They really love Dave Canales, um, the new offensive coordinator. It's changing up the blocking scheme. I think that offensive line's playing well. And Baker just kind of gives a different swagger than Tom Brady did. Not not saying, obviously, Brady's the GOAT, but it looks like they're having a lot of fun out there with Baker. What about the Rams at the Bengals? Is it still Puka Nakua season? Although, I thought he looked a little gimpy at the end of that last game. Yeah, by the I remember, way. he came up with the oblique injury. Keep an eye on the injury reports um, for that. Uh, Ross, Pukunuku has 35 targets in, in his first two NFL games. He had 15 catches this week. It's Pukunuku season until Pukunuku isn't out there. 
you start him. Like, I mean, that that's ridiculous levels of volume for Puka Nakua. So, yeah, you start him. Stafford's a usable fantasy quarterback because he's balling. And Kyron Williams, you want to talk bell cow. How about 24 opportunities, including 10 targets, and he scored two touchdowns? So the Rams so far, maybe with the exception of Jerome Ford, have had the two superstar waiver wire additions of the NFL season thus far. Wow, that's interesting. What about the Bengals? Did you feel like starting midway through the third quarter, maybe they got the offense going a little bit again? Yeah, but the problem is, is Joe Burrow going to play in this game? The, this line was nearly a touchdown when it opened. It got bet down to like two. Vegas knows, you know. If, so Joe Burrow is extremely questionable for this game. Jake Browning, I mean, Aaron Donald, like, the Rams defense doesn't really do it for me. It's Aaron Donald and a bunch of guys, I still think, but I don't know if Jake Browning's going to be able to get the ball to T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, the way we want them to. It could very well be a Joe Mixon game if Jake Browning or a hobble Joe Burrow has to play against the Rams. Every week it's a Joe Dolan week. Please check him out on social media I absolutely love his stuff at FG underscore Dolan. And of course the stuff he does over at fantasypoints.com where you use the code 23 feast. I am at Ross Tucker NFL on social. We're at Ross Tucker pod. Definitely check out Greg Cosell on today's Ross Tucker football podcast. He is fantastic. I am stuffed. We're done. Thanks for tuning in to fantasy feast. Make sure to also check out the Ross Tucker football podcast, Even Money, and College Draft, all on the DraftKings Network on Samsung TV+, Plus, YouTube, or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform.